Welcome to the Indiana 4-H Clover Call Podcast, where our goal is to share information about the people and programs that make the Indiana 4-H Youth Development Program such an important part of our communities. We welcome youth and adult 4-H volunteers, 4-H youth and their families, extension professionals, and any others who are interested in providing positive opportunities for youth. We thank you for joining us for this episode, which begins now. Welcome to Clover Call, where our topic is 4-H alumni experiences. I'm Dina Held, Martin County Extension Educator and County Extension Director. Blessed to be on the Martin County 4-H Fairgrounds today between Lagodi and Shoals. And I have a guest here with me today and very honored to, to be your host of Clover Call and welcome Dan Gregory to Clover Call. Well, thank you, Dean. It's good to, uh, to get together and, and kind of reminisce a little bit and, and explain, you know, my views of the value and uh, 4-H. Fantastic. We appreciate you taking time today to come out to the fairgrounds and join Clover Call. So Clover Call today wants to focus on 4-H alumni experiences. We know a lot about how 4-Hers uh, do what they do through 4-H and that 4-H brings about wonderful life skills for development for youth. Today we want to focus on the alumni experience which I think that will back up to of course actual 4-H members how your family's been involved and your experiences. We'd love to hear a little bit about that. Well um, go back to the 60s and I was in 4-H as a member early on. My father was a 4-H leader, my brothers were in 4-H, and it was it was very, uh, to me at the time, it was just a huge uh, opportunity to grow. I think kids particularly looking for something um, can find those wherever they are, but 4-H to me was just a natural. So um, that's kind of how it started. I've been a big fan of, of uh, land-grant university idea, extension in general, and, and you know, the, the how and the why that 4-H came about has always fascinated me when land-grant universities were doing so much research but having issues getting it out to the people who needed it. And Extension was created and shortly after 4-H and it's been there ever since doing the same, same thing, just whole different generations. Fantastic. So what are some of your uh, favorite 4-H activities or projects? Well, I was, in, I was raised on a farm and we had Angus beef cattle, so that was the natural thing for us to bring into 4-H, but also did some of the poster projects, but always reverted back to the livestock entities uh, as my favorite. Fantastic, fantastic. So so now you have younger generations that are involved in 4-H? Yes, uh, my children are now adults, obviously, and uh, got those into 4-H. All three of those were 10-year members, kind of following in the same footsteps of farm life and what we had to had to bring to a fair and learn from so we did the swine we did the beef we did sheep uh, briefly Uh, it was just uh, the highlight of the summer for me and then my children as well was to come to a fair and we we started getting into the state fair at the same time and continue that with my grandchildren fantastic how many grandchildren do you have i have seven grandchildren and uh this year, five of them were in 4-H, the other two are still too young. 
So it's uh, becoming uh, just a continuation, I think, of what started back in the 60s with me and then my children in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And here we are, 2021 with five, and uh, some of them show in Tippecanoe County, and some of them show right here in Martin County. Fantastic. So the highlight of the summer as the fairs, the county fairs and the Indiana State Fair, what kind of, uh, when, you, when you go to those fairs and maybe take a step back as an alumni, what kind of things do you think of? Well, you know, it, fairs are different. We go to the ones in Tippecanoe County and the ones here in Martin County, and we usually dabble in a, a few other counties around us as well, Davies and Dubois. Uh, and you know, every, every installation is a little different and the people are a little different, but the core, the, the similarities are, are pretty obvious that it's, it's adults and youth doing something they love to do together, which is, is not that common. Uh, and it's, that's what I really like to see is, is the moms and the dads, you know, discussing and coaching and judging their kids and their grandchildren and helping them just kind of see the big picture. Uh, I'm not really that hung up on grand champion stuff. It's great when it happens, but I think when you, when you have enough experience, you'll see there's a lot more to it than a win. Right, right. And that's one of our research shows us that nearly four times uh, more likely are youth who are involved in 4-H that they go on to make contributions to their communities. Four times. What do you think about that? Research well, I don't, I don't, you know, the re research is interesting, and I don't know where that statistic comes from, but it, it kind of plays out in my family. Uh, I was elected to a county commissioner's role here in Martin County, and ironically enough, I sat down to an, another 4-H alumni uh, at the same time, and he said, Dan, what do you think about starting our meetings with the uh, uh, Pledge of Allegiance? And I, I kind of was taken aback a little bit. I said, you mean you haven't been? So he said, no, we never, we never did, but I thought now that you're here, you know, we should. So that was kind of a thing that kind of struck me as important from 4-H perspective is teaching that, getting involved in the community in other ways, uh, whether 4-H got you there or some other way got you there. It's just important to give back. It is, it is. And uh, I, I value seeing that through our 4-Hers and, and our alumni. Uh, so that goes on to the, the next stat that I have here about youth are about two times more likely to be civically active and you automatically went to that. Yeah, yeah, and not just, not just uh, about the political angle, that's, that's certainly one way to do it, but there's all kinds of other things that 4-H can teach you as far as the organization skills of Robert's Rules of Order, conducting meetings, you know, the pledge, the flag, that kind of stuff just kind of builds and builds. I think when you go through your life, maybe it means more important to you later than it did earlier. Uh, but I think that's, that's kind of a natural. If you, if you get involved in enough things, you want to get involved in even more things. So, um, yeah, 4-H was my starter. That's fantastic. It makes me think about earlier this year, uh, we hosted with a lot of collaboration, but you were one of the drivers of the American Flag Retirement Ceremony uh, here, here locally. The, the flag um, retirement ceremony yeah. was very, very moving, uh, very instrumental, a community need. 
all those things. And it just makes me think about your alum, 4-H alumni experience and the connections that you were able to have to pull different collaborators together and teammates to do that, to do that ceremony, that learning opportunity. That, that was a very good thing. Would you share with our listeners today about that American flag retirement ceremony? You know, it's, it's one of the odd things that I hadn't really thought about. Uh, you know, we, my, my parents and, and our family flies the flag daily. And we never really thought about when they get wore out, you know, what, what happens to them. So we ended up having a collection of old flags. And I was talking to a gentleman that's involved at the VFW about that. And he said, well, it just so happens, you know, that we, there's a process for that. So doing a deeper dive into that, uh, came up with the idea of, of doing a proper uh, flag destruction ceremony, retirement ceremony. So it was uh, kind of an out, probably an outgrowth of everything that makes you think about, uh, you know, our country, what it means, the veterans, the flag, all that stuff rolled into one. I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty valuable experience for me personally but also I think for the community to kind of have a, a level of awareness of, of what all that could be uh, and what, what should be done. Fantastic. We appreciate your drive. Uh, and like you said, 4-H was one of the starter pieces for, for you. And throughout the community, we see that in the connections. What kind of, as a 4-H alumni, what kind of different connections do you think you might have because of being connected to 4-H? That's a, that's a great question. And uh, I can tell you probably uh, fully 25 or 30 percent of my uh, connections can be related back to 4-H. Uh, the rest of them kind of came in and other entities that I was involved in. So yeah, it kind of, you said it's just, it was a starter for me. I've always thought it was easier to say no to things, uh, but if you take it and turn it around and say, why don't you just say yes to things? You can always back out or change your mind later. But those have opened so many doors for me and for others that it's just a, it's just a mindset to say yes to something instead of no. Confidence. I hear confidence in that, uh, at least a mindset of, of saying yes at the beginning. I'm a, I'm a pretty pretty common sense person, and sometimes that gets a, a little lost in today's society where, you know, you don't have to make everything complicated and just, just kind of stay true to your beliefs and your heart and just do the things that you feel are right. Again, saying yes to things uh, that may or may not uh, stick for a long time. Most things I've been in, I, I usually stick around several years, maybe, maybe to the detriment or maybe to the uh, improvement of it. But uh, I think at one time I was involved with both the fire departments, the community foundation. There's a pretty long list and every one of them, I learned something. I, I stayed with it as long as I thought I should. And then I moved on to other things. You keep coming back to 4-H and you're one of my go-to calls locally. Uh, and I value that in you. Uh, and like just asking you to help with Clover Call. What other kind of experiences, insights would you want to share? Well, that's a, that's a good question, but the answer is, is um, you know, I think people in life just take steps. And you start out as a young person, uh, 
taking whatever steps school may bring you or, you know, I, I readily understand 4-H isn't the end all and do all of anything, but it's, it certainly was a step for me and people I know. And I think it leads to other things, you know, it could be sports at school, uh, careers, whatever. Um, 4-H has been, you know, it's a piece, it's another piece. And I wish, I guess if I had a wish list for Martin County and other counties in Indiana and beyond, you know, it'd be to, to take a good look at it, parents and, and people, and just look at the value of it long-term, not just, just one year, but the long-term value of learning those things that can be uh, learned through 4-H. Fantastic. So today, 4-H offers so many projects, so many activities, so many ways to connect through, through heart, hands, head and health, all of those things. And one of the one of the nation's largest youth serving organizations. So as a piece of that, what if you were talking to a grandparent who doesn't have any involvement or knowledge about 4-H? What would you say to that person? I would probably I would probably kind of relate some of the things my family's experienced at the different generations of us. Uh, and what kind of value we placed on it at the time, as well as what kind of value it brought later. And, and just ask if there's anything similar that they can think of for their children or grandchildren to get involved in. It's, uh, it's evolved so much from the early days when it was really agricultural oriented a lot. And there was a lot of small farms. Everybody had kind of a diversified farm, so it was easy to, to do that. With the consolidation of farms, it's, it's not quite as easy or as obvious as it used to be. So I think I think my advice to them would be to just take a look, you know, say yes to something, but don't work, it don't work, but does, it does. It's about that experience maybe. Uh, and thinking of experiences, would you say, you, you mentioned about the competition and if a grand champion comes along or a champion, that's great. Um, can you talk to me about your view as a 4-H alumni about those times where you see kids not have the successes that maybe they had wished for? You know, we, my family, we've been at the top and we've been at the bottom for probably more often than the top. And the, but the lesson kind of stays the same. Uh, my granddaughter's this year was a state fair, three, three girls, uh, all in beautiful, by the way, and very nice. But they, you know, they were showing cattle at the in the Coliseum, and they were fifth out of sixth, and sixth out of seventh, and seventh out of seven, and they were tickled to death to be just be in the environment. I think the uh, the lessons learned weren't so much where you placed; it was how you placed and and how you got to where you place it. And to learn, you know, the model being to be, make the best better makes a lot of sense when you say, you know, you, you, it's okay to start out lower. It's, it, it's even better if you learn why and how to improve on that. And you can say that about, about anything in life, you know. You don't, you don't have to win to win, if that makes sense. It does. You don't have to win to win. That is, that is incredible and really does parallel the to make the best better. So as we think about 4-H activities, 4-H projects, 4-H involvement, 
maybe maybe it's just becoming a better version of yourself. A 4-H member becoming a ver better version, having different variety of experiences. I think that's a that's a, a good point. You probably point to a few uh, instances where I would say that happened in our family. Uh, my son was very much involved with the Beat Project, as, as all of them have been. Uh, he went to the state fair about the third time he went, and uh, I think he was 14th out of 14. And really, uh, I don't know that really made him mad, it didn't. He knew why he was 14th out of 14. The next year, he, he had bought a better species of, or better uh, genetics of cattle, and uh, went back, and I mean, he worked hard for practically probably 10 or 11 months on one animal. And it was kind of like over obsessive to me. By the same token, I've seen how disappointed he was the year before in that he had learned so much from it. He was, he was second in the state the next year, uh, the year before he'd been dead last. So, you know, what's that say about learning and in the ring? about competition, you need competition that kind of falls apart, but understanding that being last can be a learning experience. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, so we are embracing, uh, have embraced for a while, but specifically um, outreaching to individuals who don't know a lot about 4-H, an opportunity for all theming, so opportunity for all, where we want to make sure every individual knows about 4-H and then they can choose what they do or if they want to be involved or how they want to be involved. But we, we do believe in it and I know you do, um, the power that 4-H that has. Uh, what, what do you think about the opportunity for all? Well, it's, it's uh, there's so much opportunities for different things for, for people to get involved in, especially young people. Um, Forts is one of them for sure, obviously, um, but you, you do have to recognize the demographics changing in the country and especially maybe locally to where there's, we had a school in one of our towns that simply closed and sold it simply because there weren't enough children to fill it. They didn't need the space anymore. So when you look at that kind of demographic, you go, well, what's happening? And you know, some of it's migration, some of it's just simply, you know, uh, the baby boomers, I'm a baby boomer. We're, we're, we, didn't, we didn't have as many children maybe uh, as our parents did. So you could see this coming a long time ago in respect to social security and, uh, and the bigger picture of America. Having that, having that influence on programs like 4-H where the, the pool just isn't as big as it used to be uh, to draw from. So if you get hung up on enrollment numbers, you gotta recognize there's not as, much, there's not as many people to enroll. And that's, uh, I, think, I think it could definitely grow and probably will. Uh, COVID was definitely a, a problem across the country in terms of time and exposure and effort to have a traditional year. Uh, hopefully we can get back to that a little more soon and uh, have some better numbers. I think that's always the goal. We're Americans, we like more. That's kind of built into our DNA, I think, to want more. And uh, sometimes it can happen, sometimes there's a reason why it can't. Yeah, 
Fantastic perspective. I'm sitting here in the in the room that we're at here at the Purdue Extension Office in Martin County. We still have a number of Indiana State Fair projects that need to be picked up. Just kind of glancing down through there, I see you know the model cars, the posters, the salon photography prints, the cake decorating, electrical pro projects, um, this uh, construction toy uh, robot. Uh, project a lot of a lot of different projects here and what would you say about these projects that are that are still here as far as the variety you know it's uh, uh, it's quite a variety just what a little bit we can look at here uh, kind of gives you an idea though the idea that there's something for everyone uh, whether it's a model car or cake decorating, those, those, some of those projects existed when I was in 4-H, some of them did not. Uh, when you go to the state fair, you know, obviously you got the big flashy projects like a grand champion steer and all that stuff, but every one of these projects represents a learning experience for somebody. And uh, I think it's great. I always have thought it's great. And uh, the, the idea that 4-H is still viable is important for people to know viable and available. Well, I, think, I, think, I think the word I would use, you know, sustainable. Um, it's been sustained now in Martin County since the late 40s and uh, it's still here. It's, it's grown and then it's shrunk some for all the right reasons. Nothing, nothing wrong with the program. Simple, simple demographics changed it. But when you look at the value of time put into it, it's, it pays off. Yeah, it's, it's a, the variety of projects has been amazing. It seems like expands some every year, something new uh, comes up that, you know, kind of the hot topic of the day, but then you got the old school stuff that's still there too. So it's, it's something for everybody. It gives that variety. So for, for closing words uh, for 4-H alumni experiences, what else would you like to share? Just, just keep in mind the thought, you know, to say yes to it. Give it a try. Bring your children, your grandchildren, whatever, uh, who's listening to this. You know, give them, give them some exposure to it, and let them make the decision. Don't make the decision for them necessarily. Just make sure they got exposure to it. It's been a valuable part of my life, valuable part of my family's life. It's going on and on. I can see my grandchildren, my great grandchildren, uh, one of these days being involved in it as well. It's, it's a great experience great value to the community and the people so just say yes that's a that's a great perspective it certainly does does my my heart and mind um so good so happy it brings a smile to my face uh to to hear about that perspective well thank you dina you're welcome dan uh today on clover call has been dina held from purdue extension in martin county and mr dan gregory thanks so much for listening Interested in learning more about Indiana 4-H? We invite you to visit our website, extension.purdue.edu slash 4-H, or contact your local Purdue Extension office and ask for the 4-H Youth Development Extension Educator. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss an episode. We look forward to joining you again on the next Indiana 4-H Clover Call.